The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Hey, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bubbling fat, bubbling fat. Holy Ghost is bubbling in me. Breaking fire, breaking fire, the spirit is breaking in me. Shona kogano, kogano na. Praise God. All right, we got to go into the word. Amen. Amen. Now, we started talking about a fruitful vine last week. Fruitful vine. All right, just a short recap. We saw that Jesus gave the believer life. Jesus gave the believer life. We looked at St. John's Gospel 3, 15 and 16, verse 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, um, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life or eternal life. And we explained that the man in Christ has been quickened. The man in Christ has been quickened. He has been made alive, all right, in Christ. Okay? So because he has been made alive in Christ, and we've explained that death is not the cessation of life, but death is what? Is separation from God. That's what death death means. Death actually means separated, to be separated. So physical death is separation of the spirit of man from the body of man, and spiritual death is a separation of the spirit of man from the Holy Ghost. Now, we explain that because this man has received life, there are fruits that he bears because of the life he has received. There are fruits that he bears because of the life that he has received. Hallelujah. We saw in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23 that the man, all right, in Christ has been born of the seed of God, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God that liveth and abides forever. We explained that the expression seed is where we get the Greek word, uh, is from the Greek word sperma, and sperma is talking about like sperm, is talking about the source of life, the source of DNA of the man. Hallelujah. So when we see word of God, it actually refers to the seed of God or the life of God. So because the believer is born of the seed of God, he is God's son. Hallelujah. So just as a natural man gives birth to a son, God has given birth to us by the word of God. God has given birth to us by the gospel. So we are sons of God indeed. First John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called what? The sons of God. Sons of God. Sons of God means we have the life of God, we have the nature of God, and we have the DNA of God. We've explained that. Everything produces or reproduces after its kind. Now, I'm going to now begin to zoom in on walking in the Spirit. Because I began to talk about walking in the Spirit last week. And I want to zoom in into it. Because we need to actually examine it and get clarity as to what it means. Now, as long as the believer walks in the Spirit, he will not fulfill the works of the flesh. As long as the believer walks in the Spirit, he will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. 
all right if you say walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh all right all right if you go on it tells us that the flesh lost against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh such that you are not able to do the things that he would because the flesh is contrary to the spirit and the spirit is contrary to the flesh so that means if a man wants to walk in the spirit all right automatically he will not walk in the flesh very important for us to see this Praise the Lord. Walking in the Spirit is walking in the character of the new man in Christ. Walking in the Spirit is walking in the character of the new man in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24. All right. Walking in the Spirit is walking in the character of the new man in Christ. Ephesians 4 and verse 24. What does it say? Can we read one to go? All right. It tells us to put on the new man. Which after, and that he put on the new man, which after God is created in what? In righteousness and what? True holiness. Now, notice something that is very important when he says, say, and that he put on. That he put on. How many of you realize and know that the new man is not an external force that we are putting on? Because the Bible makes us understand that the character of the new man is who we are in Christ. Glory to God. So when he uses that expression and that he put on, he's talking about showing forth character. Praise the Lord. He's telling us that the responsibility for, of the character of the new man to be revealed in your fruits and your conduct is on you, not on God. Praise God. God has walked in you, the new man. It is now your responsibility to walk out the new man that God has walked in you. The Bible says in Philippians, Philemon, no, Philippians, yeah. All right. It says God, 2.13, it says God is at work in you to will and to do of his word. Good pleasure. He's at work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. All right. Then he now goes out to say, walk out your salvation with what? Fear and what? trembling so we know that what god has worked in us is what we are to work out we don't work out a salvation that god has not first of all worked in us hallelujah so when the bible tells us to put on the new man is because we have been made a new man when the bible tells us to walk in the spirit is because we have the spirit are you following so god will not tell you to do what you don't have the capacity to do so when you are told to walk in the spirit and put on the new man, it's because you have the capacity to do it. Praise God. Praise God. So go back to Ephesians 4.24. We're going to stay there a bit. He said, and that he put on the new man, which after God is what? Created in righteousness and holiness. What is he telling you? He's telling you that the DNA template of your new man, of your recreated spirit is God. He said, after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So true holiness means there is fake holiness. Amen. Let's continue. That's not where we're going. Now pay attention to what Paul begins to say. In 25. Amen. In 25. He now says, wherefore, putting away what? Lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Stop there. Remember last week I told you that walking in the spirit and walking in love, all right, or walking in the spirit and walking in love actually has implications for your relationships. So how we are going to know whether or not you are walking in the spirit is in how you relate with people. Praise the Lord. How you relate with people. Christian maturity is found in your relationships. In your relationship. If you are such a person that you have problem with everybody every time. There is, the issue is not the people. The problem is you. Hallelujah. The problem is you. You are not growing. You are still a child spiritually. 
Spiritual maturity is not seen in how much of the gifts of the Spirit you can demonstrate. Spiritual maturity is not seen in how loud your tongues are. Spiritual maturity is seen in how you relate with people. Your relationship with people. Your dealings with people. Your handling of people. Hallelujah. Your handling of people. That is how where spiritual maturity is. So we can tell you are a, whether you are a babe, baby Christian or a growing Christian in your relationship with people. When we audit your relationship with people. Notice something. When the apostles wanted to choose deacons, what did they say were the criteria? They told the congregation to seek amongst themselves men of good reports. Are you following? Men of what? Good report. Now, you know, for you to get men of good report, it means that they must have great relationship with people. And people say, no, this guy is a good guy. This guy is a solid guy. This guy does not lie. Whatever this guy says, do you understand? He's found to be solid because he has an honest report in the gathering. Praise God. Spiritual maturity is seen in your relationship with people. Now, look at what it says. It says, wherefore, putting away line. Let me now show you something. To walk in the spirit, there are things you need to put away. You cannot put on the new man. Putting on the new man is directly related to putting off the old. Praise God. Directly related to putting off the old. He said putting away lying. As you grow in Christ, as you begin to walk in the spirit, you will begin to count the things that you used to do that you put away. Amen. That you used to do that you put away. If you are not finding, you cannot point to one thing, this thing and that thing that you put away. Since you got saved, you are a baby Christian. You always got angry, you are still getting angry. You are always offended, you are still offended. You are always giving to loss, you are still giving to loss. The same issue that you have been battling and dealing with for many years, you are still dealing with it. It means you are not growing. Praise God. Put away. Wherefore, putting away line. Look at what it says. Speak every man truth with his who? With his neighbor. So that means the implication of putting away lying is in the what? Relationship with your neighbor. Hallelujah. Does your neighbor call you a liar? At work, do they, can, you, can you say A and it is A? Can, it be, can you say B and it is B? Can people bank on your words? Are you a man or woman of integrity? Hallelujah. He says, putting away lying. The first thing he talks about is lies. Take away lies. Praise the Lord. Take away lies. Put it away. What were you doing? Eh, I, was, I, was, I, was, um, I was on the phone with my boss. It's a lie. Putting away lying. He asked, what happened? You now begin to invent stuff. Putting away lying. Say, let every man speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Do you know why it says speak truth to your neighbor? Because when you lie to your neighbor, you are injuring yourself. When you lie to your neighbor, you are injuring the body. You don't just realize it. Because we are members of the same body. Any evil you do to one, you have done to yourself. Praise God. You have done to yourself. Glory to God. I said, you have done to, let me give you an example. Imagine, for example, we're in church, right? Then a guy comes and he's telling his sister, you know, Valentine is coming now. All right, Valentine is coming now. Then this guy goes to tell his sister, I mean, you are the best thing since my Rakari. Oh my God. 
I mean, dear God, when you come into the, the, the room, my, my, my oxygen saturation drops. I mean, my head is not clear. I can't see straight. Blah, blah, blah. You, you told her all of that. Now, she believed you because you're in church. She sees you a brother. Maybe you work, you serve, and she feels and she hears your tongues. It sounds as though, you know, you're a correct guy, solid guy. Then it now turns out, after Valentine, you just go cold like a ghost. All right? As though you have been raptured. What happens? Now, that sister took you at your word. Now, your words give her hope. She was like, I mean, she must have told her friend she has found the love of her life and things like that, right? You understand? But you lied. You probably wanted to do whatever you wanted to do, and you did it, and you got away with it. You understand? You felt you've gone. But what has happened? You now ghost that sister. Then you now come to church and see nothing happened. You know, some people are like that. Some people are like that. They are, they are, they are, they are assassins like that. They, they, are, they are as though nothing happened. They are carrying on as though nothing happened. Praise the Lord. He said, I didn't tell her anything now. Yeah, you just, you just yans. I'm not, I was, I'm still considering. I'm still praying about it. Or they'll come up with stuff like the Lord told me as I was moving and I was getting close. And the Lord said, stop, son. Mm -mm, you see? So you now make the Lord responsible for your foolishness. You see, when we act like that, we injure one another. As a pastor, I've seen that several times. We hurt people. We wound people by lies. Lies. Praise God. Brother asking more than one person out, sister saying yes to four people at the same time, maintaining all of them, all right? Or somebody comes and says, please borrow me money. I will pay you back at the end of the month. And the person borrows you, then you ghost the person. You are hindering the body. Praise God. Praise God. Or you bring a false accusation against someone. Gossip. You know one of the places where lies manifested in gossiping? A gossip is an employee of the kingdom of darkness. The activity of a gossip is worse than witchcraft. In fact, I, I dare say a gossip is a witch. Because what a gossip does is that a gossip builds walls between people. It makes enemies of people. Because what a gossip will do is that a gossip will say they heard them say something about you that was never said. And they had plans about you that does not exist, such that you will not have an enemy in your mind against someone that is not your enemy. Are you following? A gossip. A gossip. Wherefore, putting away lying, number one thing Paul said, which means that the tendency to lie is high. So he says, put it away. Wherefore, putting away lying. They told you to go and buy something. Alright, praise God. You went there. The price you told you, they told you was 40000 You got there and found out the price was now what? 35000 Then when you came back, ah, what did you buy the thing? You say, ah, I bought the thing 40000 You know you lied. Praise the Lord. And one thing about like one day to come out. Praise God. For example, I remember one woman. She sold, wanted to buy a microphone. We're buying microphones in church. And went to this woman's place. She sold us a mic. She said, it's 55000 Original. She held it and... Um, Hail the thing. It is fantastic. It's something, something, something. We bought the microphone finish. Then all of a sudden, while we are talking, the thing will be seizing. Raise the Lord. So as you are talking, the pastor, you know, those are, you are hearing pastor, all of a sudden, you know, ah, is it like, you know, we didn't hear him again. Then we heard him. Is it like we didn't hear him again? Now, that person that sold it was a Christian. And she lied. She cheated us. And she hurt the body. Are you following what I'm saying? Lies. Walking in the flesh has direct implications to the body. Because it injures the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. 
It injures the body of Christ. Never always have foresight when it comes to walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh. Walking in the flesh has repercussions. And it has repercussions for the body of Christ. That's why the devil will always lure you into walking in the flesh. Because he knows that walking in the flesh, you will injure the body and you will walk on his team. So when they were putting away lines, speak every man truth. Truth with his neighbor. Tell the truth. There are some believers that yield to lying spirits. They can't tell the truth. They can't tell it. And the way they, you know what, let me tell you something about when somebody has yielded to a lying spirit. When someone, you you see, because a believer that tells a lie, hmm, because he's born again, and he does not know how to lie, he will give you a sign. You understand that is lying because as he wants to lie, there's a way to be sounding his mouth. You understand? Uh, you understand? You'll be stammering or something. Why? Because he is um, an, a novice in lying. I'm if you understand what I'm talking about. I'm if you understand what I'm talking about. It's like a believer is born again that wants to start fornicating. The first fornication he does, there will be pregnancy. Do you know why? He's a novice. <laughs> Do you understand? He's a novice. He doesn't know how to sing. He has to be taught it. Praise God. But when you find someone that is a believer and the person lies like pure water, that person is under the oppression of a lying spirit. And one of the signs is when somebody lies like that, you will not be, when you find out that they were lying, you'll be surprised. Why? Because the way they told it was as though it was the truth. Me? Me? I swear, it's just that they said we shouldn't swear in Christianity. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But the person is lying. Put away lying. Everybody say, put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Next verse, 26. It says what? In 26, it says, Be ye, this is another one. It says, Be ye angry. The Bible didn't say you can't be angry. Jesus was angry. Amen. You can be angry. But that people that walk me know sometimes I get angry, and there are certain things that get me angry. Glory to God. There are things that get me angry. But he says, and what? Sin not. So that means you can be angry and not sin. He now says, let not the sun go down upon your what? So that means the sin tied to anger is getting angry for a sustained period. Which means not having the ability to letting things go. Being in a perpetual state of anger. Where you have taken a disposition. Nobody can talk me out of that. This, nobody, you understand? Nobody, you get. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Can you see how to walk in the spirit? Can you see put on the new man here? I, can you see put on the new man? Eh? So it, it talks about put on the new man. And it tells us to put him on by putting off. Praise God. Put away what? Lying. Put away what? Anger. See? Let me tell you something. The foundation on which witchcraft rests is on anger. There are two things on which witchcraft, uh, anger and strife. It is because of anger, people want to do injurious things against somebody else. And it's because of strife that people want to do injurious things against someone else. Hallelujah. I was, I was looking at, there was this story that broke about a wonderful man of God. And one person that had been a minister in his church came on, on air and began to say that this minister had imprisoned his wife. And this minister has kept his children and all of stuff, stuff like that. Turns out it wasn't true. 
Why was he doing that? He was in strife. Praise the Lord. He was in what? Strife. People that are in anger, strife, and bitterness always want to destroy things. Praise God. Strife, anger, and bitterness doesn't build anything. It destroys. Glory to God. So that's why whenever anyone is in strife, in anger and bitterness, devils will accommodate him or her. Why? Because they know in that state they can partner with this person because this person is going to yield to them. Watch what you do, what you think, what you meditate on when you are in offense, when you are bitter, when you are angry, and when you are in strife. You will find out that there is nothing edifying. There is nothing that builds up. It's always evil, within evil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, that's the truth. The Bible says, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? With good. Which means even at the, in the face of wickedness, we are not supposed to become wicked. Hallelujah. Even in the face of wickedness, we are not supposed to become wicked. Let's continue. Next verse. Uh, okay, you are giving me that scripture. Go back to where I was reading. Alright, that's Romans 12, 21. Be not overcome um, with evil. Overcome evil with God. Alright, next verse. It now says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. 27. Are you seeing it? 27 now says what? Neither give place to the world. Can you see why? Because when you are angry, you are most likely to give place to Satan. Hallelujah. You are more likely to give place to Satan when you are angry. And when you give place to Satan when you are angry, the people that will suffer are people around you. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Look at 28. Next verse. It now says, Let him that stole steal no more. Now notice it started with lying. Second one, he went to what? Anger. Third, he's talking about stealing. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needed. Praise God. So you put off stealing. Praise the Lord. 29. It now says in 29, please go on. In verse 29, I, no, no, is that, is that all? Okay, now, it now says, okay, go, let's go on that way. He said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. Now, notice, the, the Bible was not written in chapters and verses, you know that? So he's still talking of the same thing. Are you following? He's still talking about the same thing. And now said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, that you walk, what? Worthy of the vocation wherewith you are, what? You are called. Verse 2. Amen. All right. Verse 2 says what? Quickly. Let no verse two. Ah, you see what I was saying. You see, you you jumped. You see what I was saying because I know there's a verse twenty nine. Okay, okay, wait. But wait, it says with all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. So this is how we are to walk. We are to walk worthy of the vocation that we are called. Now go back to Ephesians three twenty nine. I want to show you something there where it talks about let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Now, what is corrupt communication? Corrupt there is talking about things that kills. Corrupt. It's talking about things that don't edify, doesn't build. 
Things that destroy. He said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So, for example, somebody is angry or offended, maybe in a cell or in a, in a, in, in, in a church. Then that person begins to speak words that, that seems to kill the work. Hallelujah. Oh, in this church, oh, in this church, they are not caring, they are not loving, they are not this. Do you understand? Now, when words are that are going out, they are dead. That's arrows. It's a corrupt communication because it does not edify. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, you know what? Many things that happen, many things happen in church. And, you know, I found out something that whenever certain things go on in church, I watch what people say. Now, people who are actually walking in the spirit will talk about what we can do about it. Then if there is no we, it will be what I will do about it. Are you following? Right? But folks who are walking in the flesh will always say what you didn't do about it. Because folks who are walking in the flesh in the local church never take responsibility. They never do what? They never do what? They never take responsibility. Remember, Saul. When Saul was sent to fight the Amalekites, God told him, destroy everything. He didn't destroy everything, and he brought back some sheep, brought back some beautiful um, women. You understand? And uh, uh, Prophet Samuel said, did you do what the Lord told you to do? He said, yes. He now said, what then is this bleating of sheep in my ears? Then he said, I wanted to... Destroy them, but the people. Praise God. So what happened was, instead of taking responsibility, he said and pointed to people. So people who walk in the flesh never see what they did wrong or never see what they should do. They always want to say, you guys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So imagine somebody was sick. Maybe in the church, person was sick. Praise the Lord. Person was sick. Wasn't feeling well. Then maybe pastor didn't check on this person for some reason. All right? Didn't check on the person. Then the person now gets into offense. And the person is now bitter. They now begin to say things like, um, they don't care. Pastor is not caring. He didn't even check on me. Praise God. That's in the flesh. Now, the person who is in the spirit will say, ah, I was sick. Pastor didn't check on me. All right? It may be. Hallelujah. That something must have occupied pastor so much that he didn't have time to take on me. All right? I'm going to pray for him that God is going to increase the grace on pastor so he can carry this burden on him longer. I will reach out to pastor and tell him I have not been feeling well and ask him to pray for me. How many of you can see that the outcome for those two things are different? How many of you know the outcome of those two things are different? Yes. One was in the spirit. The other one was in the flesh. Hallelujah. I said Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. The reason why Paul is particular about what he said is because what he said has impact. What he said, corrupt communication will corrupt the people. Wrong words, wrong words. When words are permitted, when words are permitted in anger, it will corrupt the people. And worst case, it can kill. That it becomes a person of authority like Peter did with Ananias and Sapphira. Hallelujah. Words. He said, do not allow it to come out of your mouth. 
Do not allow corrupt words to come out of your mouth. Hold your tongue. Praise God. Praise God. Now notice, when he talks about no corrupt communication, proceed out of your hand. He said, but that which is good for the use of edifying. So that means your words must build people up. Because edifying there is to build up. To build people up. Don't gather people together and to be sharing corrupt words with them. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. You see, you want to discuss the matter that is pressing in your mind. Don't gather people and be sharing corrupt words. Don't do it with your husband. Don't do it with your wife. Don't do it with your cell members. Don't do it. Don't do it. If it does not mean sad grace unto the errors, don't do it. Watch your words. Because when you start talking corrupt words, it will multiply. And it will multiply in effect. Some people don't realize that they have been careless with their words. When you come and you are talking about your church, or talking about the body of Christ, and you are speaking bad, and the person that you are speaking bad about is somebody who is probably unsaved, is probably a baby Christian, and is in church, and is hearing you say all those things. How will that person become a stronger Christian? When you have corrupted their heart and mind with your words. How? How will that person want to join that church or join the body of Christ with the words you've said? Many of us, in anger and bitterness, our words have driven people far from God. Giving people far from God because of careless talking. Hallelujah. And the truth about it is this. You will give an account when you stand before Jesus. And your excuse cannot be I was angry. <laughs> because he told you be angry and what? Sin not. You say you had the capacity to walk in love, you refused to. Hallelujah. Have I been in such situations where I could have blotted out in anger and responded in the flesh against ministers and people? And so, oh, yeah. I've had several opportunities. Glory to God. Part of working with God is that people will wrong you. It's part, it comes with the job. People will wrong you. People will lie against you. People will be ungrateful, but you must respond in love. Hallelujah. Responding in love is proof of your own development and maturity. Hallelujah. And one thing is this. Listen to me. Listen to me. When it comes to the church and working in God, never be entitled. Glory to God. Never be what? Entitled. One of the things that kills our generation is this spirit of entitlement. Spirit of entitlement. You walk around in church as though somebody owes you something. No, nobody owes you anything. Hallelujah. I'm your pastor. I don't walk around as this church owes me anything. I don't. I don't. I don't. When I'm talking about I want to get a house, I want to buy cars, I want to travel, I don't think of what the church... No. Me? No. Never be entitled. There's a sense of entitlement... Is thinking, and it is a sign of unbelief. Because with a sense of entitlement, you are showing that your faith is in people, not God. Praise God. I mean, people do that stuff, you know, you know, somebody will come to church, sit down. From the first service, oh, first service, not the second, he has not come twice, oh. First service, all of a sudden, he's asking for financial help and support. He just came. I want to see the pastor. Just came. I want to see the pastor. What is it? Uh, Pastor, I need some money and something. Ah, you just came here a first timer. You already need money. 
Then when they don't give him money or give him this thing, he stopped coming to church. Entitlement. He feels entitled to the money. Then you now begin to go and be talking about all these church itself. They will tell you to give offering. But when you need their help, they won't help you. You know, that's entitlement. Praise God. Let no corrupt communication proceed at your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So that means the purpose of your communication is to minister grace. And when you minister grace with your words, the people you minister to are strengthened. How we know, how we will know whether or not you are speaking corrupt words or speaking edifying words is in the strength or lack of it of people closest to you. The strength or lack of your people close to you. If people close to you are always, you know, you know, or, or offended or, you know, not really, you, you are the problem. Those people closest to you. People closest to you, your friends, they don't come to the church. Is you. That means you are saying certain things. The people that, that say great things about you, their friends will come. Their family will come. People that are talking about Jesus, they are not offended, free of offense. You find out that they always attract people, but people are offended, bitter, and angry. They never do. Praise God. Praise God. Now, next verse. It says what? Um, next verse is what? Next verse. What does it say? Ah, now, 30. It now says, and do what? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. That word grief there means to cause to sorrow. To make sad. That's what he's saying. He said, do not make the Holy Spirit sad. Now, notice. Making the Holy Spirit sad is a function of the verses before. Amen? Which is lying. Which is getting angry. And not uh, um, and sleeping, you know, uh, um, getting angry for a prolonged period. The Holy Spirit is grieved. Praise the Lord. Giving place to the devil. The Holy Spirit is grieved. grieved. Then corrupt communication. Words. Slander. Right? Corrupt communication will be slander, accusation, lying, things you say that are not true. That doesn't build up. Amen. It grieves the spirit. And many of you, if you are sensitive to the spirit, you will find that whenever you are speaking words and discussing certain things that don't edify, your spirit man will be telling you, get out of this conversation. It will tell you. Why? Well, you because you are born again. It's except you see, if it doesn't tell you, that means it's an indication you're not saved. Your own Holy Ghost does not tell you to shut up when you are speaking corrupt words. That's a fake Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He didn't tell you to stop that conversation. And the place everybody's talking about all these men of God, all of them. All of, I was looking at one, one person that posts on, on, on social media. This guy was a preacher, an evangelist. I saw the pictures, oh, he used to preach and all these things. But now he says he has, he has he's reformed. He has gotten enlightenment. Now, what is this enlightenment telling him to do? He said, now the kingdom of God is in building company. And that now what he does on his page is to be on, on, um, revealing truth. What is the truth? Revealing truth about maybe one man of God was accused of one sin. Or one, one person was accused of another sin. And he's not talking about it. It's all your bypass. I'm like, what is this? He says ministry. This is not ministry. What is this? So you now have all the disgruntled people in church. They are gathering under his flat platform. It's easy to do that one now. That's what one man of God in Ukraine was doing. And everybody will be gathering and say, yes, it's true. Mamas and papa, see it. And everybody like that. No miracle can happen in that atmosphere. No signs and wonders can happen in that atmosphere. If you start church, the church cannot grow. Why? Because you see, rebels don't build anything. 
They are only good at scattering and breaking things down. Praise the Lord. Hey, so whenever something breaks, he's not going to I, I now told, I said, wait, sir. You, you, look, I sense you have a call from God, but this thing you are doing is not the ministry. It's not ministry. All right? A minister is not a rumor monger. You are not a gossip blog. Hallelujah. You are not Linda Ikeji. I can't even start be doing Linda Ikeji of the Kingdom of God matters on social media. You are not Linda Ikeji. You are not a gossip blog. What are you doing? All of those things are symptomatic that he was hurt. He is bitter and he's angry. And those things don't build. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Thank grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby he has sealed unto the day of redemption. Next verse. He now says what? Next verse. Huh? That's one. Look at it. Let her what? And what? And what? And what? And what? Evil speaking be put away from you with all what? Malice. There are some people I don't talk to. You are not born again. Don't talk to. I don't, I don't relate. You understand? With all malice. They put it away from you. It's not for children of God. Those kind of behavior should be like when they put a scripture on your body. It should irritate you. There are some believers that are amazing. What should make them cry that they are, they, they are condoning, they are proud of it? Don't relate to this. I don't relate that person. Again. Malice. Put it away from you. Evil speaking. Put it away from you. Anger, clamor. Put it away from you. You are grieving the spirit. And when you are grieving the spirit, you cannot enjoy the blessings of the spirit. Notice, the fornication is not here. Fornication we always going to shout about. So that means someone who is not fornicating and has all of this, is grieving the spirit. Think about it. You know Saul had a lot of anger, evil speaking, bitterness and wrath in him against David, correct? David did not have a lot of all this. David's weakness was women. Saul did not have a women problem. Are you following what I'm saying? Saul did not have a woman problem. David had a woman problem. Hallelujah. Yet, God could still work with David with his woman problem. Disciplining when he heard concerning, you understand, but he couldn't work with Saul. Why? Because you see, this one is a sin of the heart. Bitterness is of the heart. It's a sin of the heart. It's of the heart. Anger, malice, is of the heart. God can't work with that kind of person. Praise God. It's of the heart. Can't use him. Can't use her. Because they are bitter. They will destroy anything in their parts. Whatever they touch, they will destroy it. That's what bitterness does. Hallelujah. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and come on. I've seen this kind of things happen in church, but when you pass for a while, you're going to see all of those things. I've seen people, oh, I mean, one, 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 one person, I mean, thank God for this person who was open enough to say, I sinned, I was wrong, and I came to say sorry. What happened? person was offended and got anger and reacted in the flesh. Praise God. Praise God. Walking in the spirit involves putting things away. Glory to God. It involves putting things away. And don't deceive yourself. Grace, 
does not sponsor in discipline. Don't think I'm under grace and forgiving. Listen to me. Yes, you are forgiving, but there are consequences for these things. Because you will not be able to fulfill God's plan with this in your heart. There are consequences for these things. You can't, you know, I remember, I have learned that thing as a believer, to forgive. I walk away. I found out something that the other time, somebody offended me, someone that was, you know, I respected, offended me and began to say stuff and, you know, bad press about me and people were believing some crap. I never did. I was so annoyed. I was so angry. I was angry. I mean, you know, have you ever been angry before? I was angry. I was so angry. Then, while I was angry, the Lord came to me and said, Femi, I said, yes, that's Papi. I called him Papi. He said, son, I want you to pray, pray for that minister and pray for his ministry. <laughs> that was it. While I was angry, that you be pray for the minister and for the ministry. I said, I should what? I said, no. I said, he said, pray for that minister. And I now found out that the response now for someone that does me wrong is to pray for them. Because when I begin to pray for them in the spirit, love will rise up from my heart for them. And I began to pray for the minister. And I began to pray for his ministry. I began to say, in the name of Jesus, his ministry will not go down, keep going up. In the name of Jesus, he will not reap what he has sown. In the name of... That was praying. The mercy. And I was just praying for the man. And I kept praying for the man, praying for his ministry. And what happened to me, I felt light. Even though the man continued to do all of those things, he didn't affect me as much. Praise the Lord. And even those people that said stuff that were in this ministry that left, pray for them. I wish them well. Praise God. I may block them on Facebook and stop because I don't want to, but I pray for them. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Pray for them. The reason why I move from, from, from my space, I don't like seeing nonsense. I, I, don't, I don't know. All of us are different. But me, I don't like seeing nonsense. If somebody's I'll just remove the person because I am busy. You get I'll just take the person out and be. But that I have no. I've learned that. Because you see, these things are they are they are they are loads. They make you travel heavy. And you need to travel light to accomplish, to redeem the time. Are you following what I'm saying? So you need to throw all of these things away so that you can travel quickly. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Now listen to me. All of the things, major of the things that we've read, when the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that it says, when you say put away, put away, put away, they involve your mouth. How many of you noticed that? How many of you noticed that? Come on, I'm every talking that lying, let no communication, anger, clamor, malice, evil speaking. It involves the tongue. The only thing mentioned in Ephesians 4, all right, 24 to 31, that does not involve the tongue is stealing. Praise the Lord. Which means that most of the work of the flesh is tied to your tongue. Do you know why? Because your tongue is the best mirror into your heart. Your tongue. Is the mirror of your soul. If we want to know what is in your soul, what is the predominant thought of your mind, we just need to listen to what you are saying. Your tongue. Your tongue. The tongue is the mirror of the soul. It reveals what is in your soul. It reveals what your predominant emotion is. Look at James chapter 3 and verse 13. James 3.13. Very important. It will, your soul. So what are you be saying? Alright? What is the constant meditation of your heart? That is the state of your soul. That's the state of your soul. 
All right? First, we're going to read this one, then we'll go to James 3, 1 to 4. Now, look at what it says. Okay, let's start from James 3, 1 to 4, then we'll come to this. Your soul. Your soul. Hallelujah. James 3, 1. What does it say? Can we read from Scripture? It says what? My brethren, be not many masters, <laughs> knowing that we shall receive the what? Greater condemnation. For those of you who want to be the leader, is one in you. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. You know, the leader who is appointed to leadership has a higher chance of success than the one who is fighting and doing everything to be appointed. When it comes to leadership in the house of God, let God choose you. All you have to do is to serve. God will choose from the man that serves. Amen. One thing you, never, you must never do as a leader is to appoint another leader or and appoint somebody into a place of leadership who is not submitted and does not serve. Amen. The person that does not have skin in the game. Glory to God. Because the guy who has skin in the game will think twice before destroying it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Notice, if you look at how God chose successors in the, in the scriptures, check it. God never chose someone who didn't have skin in the game. In fact, when the Lord told Elijah to anoint Elisha in his place, how many of you noticed the first thing that happened? Elisha had to follow Elijah. And he didn't follow him for weeks. He followed him for years before Elijah was taken off. Why? You cannot stand in an office you have not served. Service is the predominant condition for taking up a mantle. Service. Service. Hallelujah. Paul with Timothy. Paul with Titus. Paul with Philemon. Service. Jesus with the twelve. Service. Elijah, Elijah with Elisha. Moses with Joshua. Service. Glory to God. Service. 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 He said, my, huh, verse 2. All right. He said, we shall receive the greater condemnation. Verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to breathe the whole body. So that means a man that is able to control his tongue can control his body. Which means your mastery of your tongue is indicative of your mastery of your body. Hallelujah. The mastery of your tongue, all right, is indicative of your mastery of your body. What you say in private and what you say in public. What you say in private and what you say in public. Listen, there are three things, three ways the tongue is used. The tongue is used to speak to yourself. That is, nobody is there, but you are talking to yourself. Amen. The tongue is used to talk to one person, just you and one person, in private. Then the tongue can be used to proclaim something in public. Hallelujah. Those three are the levels. For many things, you can offend in tongue with what you say to yourself. You can offend in tongue with what you say to somebody else, and you can offend in tongue what you say in public. Hallelujah. You can offend in tongues. 
Therefore, in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. That word perfect is mature. So that means control over your tongue is a proof of maturity. The proof of what? Maturity. The person that does not know how to control his own, when they tell, when they talk about a person, the person talks anyhow, that person is a child. Hallelujah. Talks anyhow. You know, at work, you know, somebody, we needed something done, then someone sent one mail and all. So I sent it to my line supervisor, my boss, and my boss said, give him a, send him a mail, blah, you know, and stuff like that, I should make him understand, you know, basically what, you know, Somebody would have done, would have sent a mail to blast the guy. Do you understand? But when I sent the mail, it was clear to the point, precise. It was controlled. It was measured. So she said, I saw your mail you sent to that guy. I said, ah, ah, Femi, emotional intelligence on fleek. The man who does not know how to control his tongue is not emotionally intelligent. And emotional stupidity will land you in trouble. Emotional stupidity, a lack of emotional intelligence will make you lose things. It will make you lose friends. Praise God. And you will think, ah, it's because something that, no, it's your foolishness. You are not smart. He said, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a mature man and able also to control his body. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, our, our, Conduct matters. Your lifestyle matters. And let's go to that James 3.14. It matters. And the truth is, how you are able to get the truth about your conduct, listen to what people are saying about you. Not everybody is saying about you. People who care for you are saying about you. Hallelujah. You know, I take feedback well. I remember one time, we're in church, and I think uh, Bami came to give me a note to say that five minutes or so, something like that, that five minutes, and I said, ah, eh, something, I was saying on the pulpit, I said on the pulpit, ah, no, the time, something, something, ah, we have to finish this thing, something like that. After we finished, Pastor Dara came to me, and she said, PF, I don't think it was right for you to have said this, because when you do that, it lays a precedence that the time does not matter. And that they give you time, you can still, it's an example. And I said, thank you for that. You are correct. And I apologized. And I told her, I will ensure I comply. And I will not say what I said on the pulpit again. Now, my stance, my response, all right, it was a teaching moment for me. But it was also a teaching moment for her. Are you following? Because it showed her that I was teachable. Are you following? Yeah. But if I behave like a tyrant and say, Who, how dare you question me? She will do the same thing to Anna. How dare you question me? Anna will turn and do the same thing to Wally. How dare? And you understand? And it will go like that. Before you know it, it will become the culture of the ministry. That is how culture is built. <laughs> Praise God. That is how culture is built. You now hear it. You now hear it that after some time, they will now fall in that ministry. They are arrogant. Are you following? That's how it happens. That is how culture is built. Are you listening to us? A lot is at stake in this thing. Because character is very corrosive. You understand? It spreads. It's like a virus. All right? When you begin to allow bad character, you will find that people will pick it up from you fast. 
They'll pick it up for you fast. Because they will think that that bad character is the norm, is the way. Be careful what you applaud. Be careful what you excuse. Be careful. Be careful what you side with. If you see somebody in rebellion against the church, the authority and stuff like that, against, don't side with that person. You are sponsoring something bad. Correct it. This is wrong. Amen? And when you are wrong, I'm wrong. Ask my wife. The, the word, if there is a word I use the most, I love using the most, it's I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. By the grace of God, I am nine years older than my wife. Nine. But she doesn't call me Egbon at home. <laughs> Egbon hobby. Egbon love. Egbon darling. No. She corrects me. Praise the Lord. And I've been better for it. Because God knows I'm not perfect. And God has used my wife to perfect me. If I was now stubborn and felt I didn't, I was above correction. How, are you following what I'm saying? So you see, this thing is... This is Christian conduct. Christian conduct is not revealed in arrogance, but in meekness. In what? Meekness. Meekness. Words like please. You know, how can I help you? How can I make your body lesser? That is Christian conduct. Not when I tell you to do something. How can? Do you understand? Christian conduct. Amen. Listen, the man who gets angry easily, the woman who gets angry easily will soon kill. The gateway to murder is anger. Will soon kill. It's a matter of time. Because in that state of anger, you are not thinking. That's why the Bible says, talks about, when it talks about anger and efficiency, for the next thing it says, give no place to the what? The devil. Because the moment you open the door of anger, the devil will embrace you. And when he embraces you, he will use you to do what he wants to do, then leave you again. Then you, are, you now hear some people say, I don't know what I hear came over me. It's the devil that came over you. But you open the door to anger. Hallelujah. You know, we're having Valentine's Day. On no account should you marry an angry person. On no account should you marry a bitter person. Hallelujah. I can tell you, marriage is forever. It's like marriage. Let me tell you marriage is. They put two of you inside somewhere. They lock the key. They lock the door. They throw key away. That's marriage, Joe. So you better be, you know, sentence yourself with correct person. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, it says, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? He says, let him show out of a good behavior. Conversation, there is behavior. Let him show out of a good behavior his works. His what? His work. So he said, the man is wise. Let him show from his way of life, his behavior, the works. With meekness of wisdom. So you are wise. Let's see your works. Let's see your conduct. Let your conduct be the proof that you are wise. Where is it? Where is the fruits? Praise God. That's the fruit that you are wise. You are wise, I have the wisdom of God. Thank God for that confession. It is in that if that confession is working, it's in your conduct. Praise the Lord. 
I, I, I really felt offended by what you said. Mr. Mrs. and Mr. Offend, always offended. You are always, you are the, you are always, I'm always, you see, I am, I am, um, what is all this uh, personality type? I am what? I am, I'm sanguine. I am, you see, I'm always touchy. I am always, I'm, I'm always touchy. Then you have to say, I'm on my period, so I'm a bit moody. And you are not on your period, you are walking in the flesh. You are not on your, your period. You are walking in the flesh. Stop blaming period. Period is bad. Are you the first person to see menses? What's your problem? You are walking in the flesh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Walking in the flesh. Every time you are annoyed. Every time. Is it only you? Only you are always annoyed. <laughs> Listen. Listen to me. You will show it in your conduct. Listen, pay attention to your conduct. It is your conduct we will eat. It's your conduct. Your conduct are your fruit. Your conduct, your behavior is your fruits. It's what we will eat. When we come around to do, can we eat something sweet? Is your conduct nice? Can we refer people to your fruits? What kind of fruits do you bear? What kind of fruits? Is it lying, anger, bitterness, clamor, eh, eh, bad mouth? Is that what we are going to eat? Who is going to refer someone to a bad fruit? Who? Certainly not human beings. I was thinking about something. Cornelius had a vision. And an angel said to send for a man. Can an angel appear to an unbeliever and say they should send for you? Can they send for you? Do you know what it means for an angel to send for a man? It means that the angel was sure that the man would do his job. 100% confidence that Peter, number one, will go. And he will behave in such a way as not to bring disrepute to the name of Christ. So that the Korean is he the one that wants to come and give us the word of life? Are you following what I'm saying? Your fruits. What kind of fruits are you bearing? Hallelujah. There was a wise man and you in knowledge among you. You are married. Your husband. What kind of fruit are you bearing with your, your spouse? What kind of fruit is it? Is there honor in your communication with your spouse? Is there respect? Is there consideration? Is there love? Hallelujah. Is there sacrifice in behavior? Or is there carelessness? After all, we are married. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You forever. So I will do what I want to do. Say what I want to do. We are for. Eh? Don't do that. Show through your conduct. Your works. I was reading something on Twitter that Pastor Adeboye was healing his wife. I can assure you that a man that has married for a woman for 55 years will, will be able to speak his mind. How many of you agree with me? <laughs> he will speak his mind. Amen. Yes, sir. He'll be healing his And I, I'm privy to some information that Pastor Folu Adeboye is truly a woman that younger women should emulate. In conduct, in temperament, in how she supports her husband, and more importantly, how she protects him. Praise the Lord. Sometimes, sadly, the modern woman will be careless and defend it. She's a feminist. 
Some people think feminism is equal to stupidity. Feminism is equality with men, equal rights, equal benefits. All these other ones that people are doing, that's not feminism. That's madness. We must separate madness from feminism because, do you understand? Equal rights. I'm going to have daughters. Hallelujah. I have spiritual daughters. I want them to have equal access. I will fight you for denying them because she's a woman. I will fight. Nami go fight you. But when this other madness comes out, another one, I'm like, what is I, That's not what we are talking about here. Maybe you and the devil are having picnics somewhere. You are cooking something else. But this one we want to do is equality. No deprivation. You got that woman. Awesome. How? And the thing is, her fruit is speaking for her. Amen? Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. All right, show it. Look at the next verse. Verse 14, please. Verse 14. He says, what? But if you have bitter envying and what? And what? Strife in your hearts. Glory not and lie not against the truth. Verse 15. Bitter envying and strife in your heart. He's now telling you that this wisdom, that is this bitter envying and strife in your heart, descended not from above. So that means inspiration to your strife and bitter envy is not of God. He said this wisdom descended not from above, but is what? Earthly. It is what? Sensual. And it is devilish. It's devilish. I'm just, I just want to just, I just want to just, Give it a piece of my mind. Then the person, as soon as no problem, let us hear your mind. The person now unlocks the store gate of bitterness. How is your mind filled with this bitterness like this? How, where, did it, where did it come from? Look at it. Wisdom did not know It is earthly, it is sexual, and it is devilish. Do you know why he's saying this? Because heresies in the early church came from this. Because many times in the early church, most of the guys who were not apostles wanted to draw disciples away. You understand? So because they wanted to draw disciples away, they now began to teach another thing. The source of heresy is differentiation. The reason for heresy is what? Differentiation. And the reason why people differentiate from the doctrine is to draw followers after them. Are you following? Yeah. Heresy. It's devilish. Now, look at verse 16. Listen, wherever you see strife, anywhere, Satan is present. Anywhere. Listen, I don't care what the reason is. Satan is there. He's the conductor. Oh, 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 oh. We are raised up the volume of the strife. Now you come, now you go up. It's the devil. The devil is one of the Satan's. <laughs> Hallelujah. He must pay. He must pay for it. He must, you know, I <laughs> praise the Lord. You know, I remember the time when um, some news broke out. Some man of God um, did this with one person and did that with another person. Now, that is bad. The man of God sinned. Praise God. But you see, where strife enters is that mob cry. You know the mob cry? You know mob? Where the mob, hey, he must do this. He must do it. Holy Ghost is not in it. Holy Ghost is not in the mob. The Holy Ghost, go and check your Bible, is never with a mob. A mob, do you know a mob? A mob is a group of people without authority set up by God. Let me say that again. A mob is a group of people, all right, without an authority, 
not under an authority figure set up by God. That's a mob. Amen. The difference between a mob and an army is authority. Amen. So with an army, everybody moves in columns. Everybody moves. They are under command. Turn. They turn. Stop. They stop. A mob. You can't do that. A mob. Everybody gathers and they are running. So where an army has marched through, there will be no destruction. But where a mob marches through, there will be destruction. An army can march through a place and you will not see a single sachet of pure water because the commanding officer has said you must not litter anything here and they will be. Because they are what? An army. You don't have to say it twice. But a mob. Ah. Praise God. Listen to me and hear me where. Wherever you see the clamor of a mob, most times a mob, Holy Ghost is not there. The devil always disguises his activity. True mob. Go and look at it. Many a times in Acts of Apostles, Whenever a mob rose up against the apostles, who do you think raised it up? It was the devil. The devil does not like structure. The devil does not like organization. Whenever you find yourself, and hear me well, whenever you find yourself detesting any form of structure, detesting every mob of go here, seek approval from here, all right, ensure this person says okay. Whenever you detest it, my brother, Satan is the one. You understand? Because Satan or your flesh, the devil doesn't like it. The devil always sponsors uh, things that are outside a structure. He likes bypassing. Hallelujah. He likes it. Amen. He likes it. Why? Because that is the only way we get in. If he passes through the structure, the structure will catch him. But outside the structure. So that's why for him to catch people who are within a structure, they need to go out of it. Hallelujah. Eve was talking to Satan. Why was she talking to Satan? Is she the head of the house? What is she talking to Satan about? Is she the head of the house? No. She was having conversations that are not authorized. Uh-uh. I can talk to anyone I want to talk to. Continue. That's why we are all here. <laughs> That's why we are all here. Now, look at next verse. It says, for where envying and strife is, there is what? Confusion and what? Every evil work. Witchcraft will be there. It is out of envy. Somebody will go and meet a babalao. Or something. Envy and strife. Hallelujah. Envy and strife. There is confusion on every evil work. Don't let this be you. You have been saved. Don't let this be you. Listen. Don't think the devil cannot use you. He can if you yield. There is a reason the Bible says give no place to the devil. There is a reason why it says resist the devil and he reward. Flee. It's not just about um, fleeing from witchcraft. He's talking about things like this. Resist. Resist. You are to resist. Consciously, actively resist. Not passively. You will resist. If there's anybody that the devil is using around, like me, I, am, I don't think that if I, you put something I don't like, that, I kick you out. 
you share porn, for example, on my tail, I will block you. I don't want to know whether you quoted John 3.16 before. If you shared it, I will block you. If you liked it, I, you understand? You can't bring nonsense to my space. Do you understand? I am busy. So also with envy and bitterness, and so if I see it anywhere, the Lord told me, clear it. Why? Because there is, where it is, there is evil work. Evil work. Evil work. Hallelujah. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Then what? Peaceable. Then what? Gentle. And what? Easy to be what? Entreated. Full of mercy. And good fruits. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Of them that what? Make peace. So, one major way we would know that you are growing spiritually and you are working in the spirit is that you will walk and walk in peace with people around you. Remember Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men. Alright? Is that Hebrews 12, 14 or Hebrews 14, 12? Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall what? See the Lord. Follow peace. Follow peace. Follow peace with all men. Hallelujah. So listen. Why I'm talking about you know, I've not majored on fornication, adultery, and loss. Should I tell you why? Because those are the ones that are popular. But I can tell you, they are not the most dangerous. All sin is sin, but pride. You know pride? Pride. Ah. Pride. Pride is very dangerous because pride, eh, it is difficult sin to spot. Pride is not the same thing as arrogance. Arrogance has to do with your courage. Are you following? But pride is of the heart. Arrogance is the exterior manifestation of pride. But a man can be arrogant without necessarily being proud. Because pride is of the heart. It's of the heart. It's worse than lust. God can use a man like David, but can't use a man like Saul. Are you following what I'm saying? Because a man like David, even though he's dealing with lust, when God talks to him, I'm sorry. I have sinned because he's not proud. But a man that is proud and has lost, when they come to you, you sinned, he will defend what he did. They committed the same sin, no? But when pride is present in the heart, eh, the proud guy will not admit that he sinned. He will defend it. He will give explanations and reasons, you understand, and angles why what he did is allowed. Because a proud man does not want it to be said that he was wrong. Hallelujah. It demeans him. The fact that they say, I'm wrong. He's proud. Wrong? What do you mean I'm wrong? How can I be wrong? I'm right. I'm always right. I'm always right. You don't know, you're the one that don't know what you're saying. You are the one that has the problem. I'm right. 
So you cannot help a proud person. You can help someone dealing with loss, but pride? A, pride a proud person that does not repent. Let me tell you what happens. You know, when you have a stick that you want to bend, but is stubborn and doesn't want to bend, what will happen when you use force? You break it. That's what will better happen. The end of pride is that that person will be broken. Not by God, life. What happened with Saul? Hallelujah. Praise God. It was what happened with him. What's this woman's husband? The one that uh, David married after the one that Nabal. What happened to, what happened to Nabal? Hallelujah. The end of pride is destruction and it's of the heart. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Have you learned anything else from today's service? Walk in the Spirit. Then check your life. Check. Where am I walking in the flesh? Where? What unauthorized conversations am I having with myself, with one person, or with a group? What unprofitable words are coming out of my mouth? Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. What? Someone can listen to the message and say, Pastor, it looks as though you are talking to me. Did anyone tell you anything? No one told me anything. Like, <laughs> during the week, I sent uh, one of my sons a message. And as I was sending the message, I was praying for him. And as I was praying for him, you know, it was very precise to what was going through and he had going through. And now he said, message. Pastor, I want to call. I said, no problem. He now called. He said, Pastor, did anybody tell you anything? I said, no one told me anything. He said, this person, I said, ah, nobody. Ask them. They didn't tell me anything. I said, this one's by the Spirit. The Spirit said, I should call you. I should chat you and tell you this. And when he told me every day, I was going, I was like, you see, Matthew. Most times, when people hear a message, I say, it's, 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 it's like he's talking to me or something like that. It's the Holy Ghost talking you. You know why? Let me tell you what, what happens. The Spirit of God has been trying to get your attention from within you. But because you didn't listen, he has now moved to me. Hallelujah. To get your attention. Now, whether or not you respond and say, I repent, Lord. Because the Holy Ghost is watching you. I repent. It's not going to determine whether you are a goat in terms of you are proud or you are what? Humble. Your reaction determines who you are. Are you a David or a Saul? You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.